I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. shock. I mean, it's rare that Charlton have a goal-scoring striker at the best of times, and now we've got two. Welcome to Charlton Live. Very good evening to you. Welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. My name it's Louis Mendes and joining me here in the studio as we get ready to look back at yesterday's 2-0 win up at Valley Parade against Bradford City is a pink-shirted uh, Mr. Tom Wallin. How you doing, Tom? Yeah, feeling good. Yeah? Real Madrid yeah. shirt on? Yeah. yeah. Similar to Charlton, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. I mean, they could dream of reaching our levels one day, maybe, Real Madrid. But yeah. yeah. Excellent. Joining the pair of us here at the Valley. Nathan, what are you doing, Nathan? Yeah, living the dream, mate. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's in high spirits after yes. yesterday's 2-0 win. Easy. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were saying in, in our little group chat yesterday, I mean, it's, it's hard to envision us, you know, losing any more games this season. It's just how many we win. How, how many points are we going to drop? Maybe 
poor over the rest of the season? At most, I reckon. Yeah, I can't see us losing. No. Ain't going to happen now. Excellent. And, uh, well, after yesterday's performance, you'll be gagging to hear the highlights of yesterday's game. Uh, we've got those coming up. We're also going to hear, of course, from the Addicts boss, Lee Bowyer. Uh, he's won both of his games since he was made the permanent manager, hasn't he? Now he's on, he's on uh, cracking form. Uh, we're going to talk about the, your views on the performances yesterday. Let us know what you made of the game. You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live, or you could head over to the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there uh, about tonight's game. Let us know what you made of the performance, the two excellent goals. Um, the, the, the debutant in Jamie Ward made his uh, his first appearance for the Addicts yesterday. Uh, Josh Cullen's assist. Anything you want to talk about, let us know. Um, we're also going to hear later on from Grace Coombs, the captain of the uh, Charlton Athletic women's team, uh, because uh, coming up on Wednesday evening is their first uh, game in the championship of the season at home to Aston Villa. Charlton Live are proud sponsors, uh, match sponsors for that game. So we're going to hear from Grace Coombs previewing the season uh, for them. And also, because uh, as, as I mentioned at the top of the show there, uh, Charlton uh, have argued the most fruitful strike partnership in the world at the moment in, uh, in Carlin Grant and Lyle Taylor have got eight goals between them uh, so far this season we're going to talk about our favourite ever addict strike partnerships um, I started a thread on the forum earlier to get some ideas but if you've got one that you want to tweet in or email in don't forget studio at charltonlive.co.uk on the emails tweet us at charltonlive or the charltonlive forum uh, there's a thread on there about strike partnerships. So we're going to discuss our favourite ones uh, throughout the years. But first things first, of course, yesterday, uh, you two lazy buggers didn't go to the game. But you've seen the highlights, you've heard about the, the performance. Uh, and more importantly, the third win in a row, Tom. Uh, everything's coming up Cholton. Yeah, apart from our Jacko's jackpot, wasn't it? But, yeah, um, close. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to bring the mood down. No, it's, it's impressive. And... Look, I was slightly tongue-in-cheek when the side came out and I said I can see a smashing them. But when you read down that side, I, I just feel confident in a Charlton team again. And I haven't really... Even at the back end of last season, OK, we were smashing teams aside, but we got into those playoffs and we looked a bit jittery. But something's just clicked in the last few weeks. And we we haven't exactly been at our best, certainly not for the full, full games. Um, but we just know how to get results now. We know how to get the dirty side of games done. And like you've said in the, the intro there, we've got... We've got goals in our team. We've got players that can just put the ball away and only need one or two chances a game. And if you've got that at this level, to be honest, that's you don't need much more than that. And, and we're just clicking and, and sort of getting into gear. And it's exciting because I think there's a, a few levels still we, we've got to go. Yeah, second half yesterday was quite interesting because I mean, the first half was, you know, we, we obviously took a very early lead. Um, and then had a flurry of chances around the half hour mark so we, we were probably you know in charge of, especially in terms of the chances now our chances started to dry up in that second period and, and Bradford City had the majority of the possession it seemed and they certainly forced a flurry of corners but I mean I honestly cannot remember a clear cut chance that they created in that second half and that just shows that we are now finding a way to win when we're when, you know, when we're not enjoying the majority of the possession or anything like that yeah and that's I think it's sort of like Tom said, something seems to have clicked, and it's probably last year um, there were many games that we it just wasn't clicking, and and we've definitely improved, and and I think it does come down to um, Bose's uh, transfer, uh, the, the transfers, the ones that he's brought in because they've all improved us. Uh, players like Cullen, Cullen, um, we had Jake, you know, but apart from Jake, you haven't really got a player who could thread a thread a ball through like he did for the first, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's looking positive. I mean, obviously, we've still got a long way to go, but I still can't. I thought we were going to be higher than where we are, eighth or something, or seventh. Mm. I we're, thought we'd be a lot higher than that, but still point no. outside the playoffs. Yeah, so it's still, you know, it's positive, and obviously, we've got a run of fixtures now, which are, you know, they are winnable. Um, 
And so, yeah, we just need to try and build on this now. Mm. Right, let's have a listen to the highlights of yesterday's game. Uh, Terry Smith and Greg Stubbley were your commentators over on Valley Pass. Scal taking on Page towards the penalty area. Page sticks with him, but the ball's still over, and it's an oh, instant shot, save. and what a save by Steer. A snapshot comes in from Owen Doyle on the edge of the six-yard box. Steer was equal to it, and he tips it over the bar. Page with uh, Rebo inside him, just finds him, and Rebo immediately closed down by Brighton. That's a good recovery tackle from Page. to run it back, finds Cullen, releases oh, Grant. What ball. a ball that is, into the penalty box, with uh, Taylor on the opposite side. Still Grant, though. Gets cuts on his right, shot, goal! Come on! Oh, what a finish by Carla Grant. The ball to him was absolutely exquisite by Cullen. It split the Bradford defence in half. Carlin Grant on towards the edge of the six-yard box. Taylor on the opposite side of it, but cut back on his right foot and slammed it into the goal. That's one of the best assists you'll see all season from Josh Cullen. Charlton at first were guilty of giving the ball away. I think a Rebo got caught in possession. There's a great recovery challenge from Page. The ball came to Cullen. Cullen's first immediate thought was to set Grant away. But not only has he found him, he's timed it to perfection. Grant on the left-hand side at the edge of the penalty area could have crossed it in for Taylor. Cut inside onto his right foot delivered a shot that the keeper couldn't get anywhere near Charlton ahead here goal kick comes in it's headed away but great header four from Pierce and the Grant flicks it down to Taylor in the box oh. shot just wide oh. he took it on the half volley Lyle Taylor and outside of the boot in the end and it just went past the far post well, this is what I was alluding to just now I mean they, they look very positive going forward Bradford but they look really suspect at the back in the end indeed. Cullen passes calmly out to Solly halfway side Charles half chip ball forward towards Ward actually falls to Grant lays it down oh, to Ward ball. that's a lovely outside of the boot pass to Aribo in the box Aribo first time into Grant oh, oh what a chance he had acres of space and he should have scored oh and he knows it and everybody on the pitch knows it look at Bowie Bowie's face he's looking to the heavens what a lovely move that was. Oh, oh, great oh, challenge for Josh Cullen. Cullen. What a challenge for Cullen who advances forward for Charlton. He's got Ward on the right-hand side. Still with it, Cullen. Thinking about a shot. Instead finds Ward. Edge of the box. Ward with Cullen on the overlap. Cuts inside. Left foot. Ward shoots. Oh, it's hit. Oh, it's it's hit. hit. Taylor. I think it's actually come off. It's hit Taylor. Oh, it has it hit, hit Taylor. Taylor. Oh. It's gone out for a goal kick. It was kick. going goal bound and it hit Taylor. Oh, Charlton. So unlucky. They're probing here. The clears away long. It's come off the foot. Of O'Connor, and there is the half time whistle. Green takes the corner, it's a decent ball in towards the back post. Pierce heads away, and as far as Scannell heads back in, it's fallen down on the edge of the oh. box and just about oh. cleared by well Page. Well played, Page. Well played, Lewis Page. And I, d- I don't know how else, John to go away with it. Everybody else was watching that. Page took control and just got across and cleared it away. Well, if there's Cullen's one way to over cope. this ball. If there's one way to cope with the pressure, it's to score a second, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's right on the edge of the penalty area on the Charlton left-hand side as we attack just in front of the Addicts faithful Cullen going to sweep this in it's a stiff one oh just wide of the left-hand post didn't think he was going for goal there Bowers at the far stick but uh, there was pace on that Solly is going to take this throw into the corner of the penalty area Vettikali's made the run he's turned Vettikali left foot takes a shot oh Taylor almost got to the end of it as well minutes of normal time remaining Charlton still a goal up given to them by Grant in the third minute of this game Taylor collects it infield to a rebound can't get it down but he manages to squirm it to Grant Grant sees Taylor on the run Taylor corner of the penalty area he's got Grant inside of him uses him as a decoy takes a shot oh, oh what a goal come on oh, come on what a finish come on Lyle Taylor used Grant as a decoy and a right foot shot from the right hand well the left hand edge just chart an attack of the penalty area absolutely arrowed into the top corner O'Donnell had no chance at all and Charlton are 2-0 up. Oh, what a strike from Lyle Taylor. 
He comes out on the left-hand side. He's been occupying that left-hand channel the whole time. He's been trying to get under control. On that occasion, he does. Cuts his side onto the right foot and then delivers an unbelievable strike. What a finish. Past O'Donnell. He had no chance of that. It's probably had a crowded penalty area as it was O'Donnell. And Taylor with a finish. That man is on form no, for that the, is the final whistle. I thought he was going to give a free kick against Taylor there. That is the final whistle here at uh, the Northern Commercial Stadium. Or Valley Parade, if you'd rather. Charlton, 2-0 victors here against Bradford City. And three games, three victories on the spin for Charlton. Lovely job there, as, uh, as Terry mentioned right at the end of the commentary there. That's three games uh, winning in a row for the Addicts. Um, we're now five unbeaten. Uh, or, sorry, four unbeaten in League One, and then if you count the draw, sort of checker trade thing, so maybe five unbeaten. I don't know. Uh, we are five unbeaten against Bradford City now as well. We've got a good little run against them, and uh, uh, obviously, second season in a row, we've won up at Bradford, so it's become a bit of a happy hunting ground for us. Now, we're talking about, um, uh, you know, momentum. I mean, Boya did say if Cholton started, you know, when, when the players start to come back and the loanies start to arrive, he promised we'd start to get the results. and He's always been a man of his word, Lee Bowyer, hasn't he? So far as manager, for sure. He said last year he was going to get his playoffs and a few people laughed and he did that. And uh, This year, as you say, the slow start. He said we'd get players in of quality. We did. Um, and he said we'd start clicking around this time. And we have. And as I say, I was I was confident going into the game yesterday. Um, and as I said before, it was slightly joking when I said we were going to smash him. But... I was confident. I didn't feel like we had anything to fear. And I said this a couple of seasons ago, that we need to have an arrogance at this level if we want to be the team that's going to challenge for promotion. And the last couple of seasons, for whatever reason, we haven't quite had it or not been able to see it through because we've had it in little periods during the season. But this season, to start like this now, and you know, even the games that we lost early on, we, we were unlucky against Sunderland. Um, OK, we're slightly lucky against Shrewsbury. We were unlucky again against Peterborough. So... We've not had the rub of the green in the early part of the season, but then slowly but surely we've worked things out and we've had a few players back and the two up front have sorted out their little just sort of gelling together and it's all coming together. And look, in all seriousness, maybe we will lose a couple of games between now and the end of the season, but I do think we're a good side now and we're one that's going to be feared by a lot of teams. Yeah, I mean, obviously Bradford haven't had the, the, the best of starts to the season. It's quite interesting what's going on there and also... Yesterday, I mean, their, their entire central midfield was injured. I think they had a, a, a defender in there in O'Brien. It's was funny, actually. During the game, I was, I was doing my, my commentary and kept saying, I thought this O'Brien's getting a lot of the ball, but I, I realised they had two of them. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it, it doesn't matter how weakened the, the other side is because it's still up to us to go there and, and take advantage of it. And, uh, and yeah, we did say, like, like we've said over the years, there's been times when China played you know, so-called weaker sides or sides that aren't on a good run. And, and stumbled and, and you know slipped over and lost games and so it's important perhaps that we go to a side that isn't in, in the best of confidence and we actually control you know do, do what we can to, to make sure we come away with the points yeah I mean you can only play uh, whatever you put in front of you whether they had no midfielders or um, but yeah I agree I mean if we're if we're supposed to be going up um, this season via playoffs or you know automatic they're the sort of games we we need to be winning, although you know Bradford is a hard place to go, and but they're not like you say they're not really they haven't started the greatest, um, and we're expected to win, and then the same will go for Saturday as well. But um, no, no game's going to be easy in this league. But if if you're going to want to be up with the best, you've got to you've got to beat everyone, and not the lesser sides to an extent, but the ones that are not informed for sure. 
Now, let's talk about those two goals because <laughs> they were both absolutely yeah. brilliant goals and it was an absolute honour to see him. Uh, the first one, I mean, I mean, we'd, we'd already survived a bit of a, a scare, actually. It was a good save. I think Owen Doyle from uh, from close range, uh, it, was a, it was a good low ball in from Scannell, former Palace man, fired straight at the steer and it's a superb reaction save. Um, but then, you know, you, you get that layoff and really that was the only good chance that Bradford had throughout the, the entire game. And then, you know, a, a bit of class, Charlton showed that bit of class and Cullen now on the ball. You know, I, I said during the first half against Wickham last week, I think we actually missed him. Mm. You know, we didn't have that little bit of quality in the midfield, but he's come back in, you know, and it found a bit of space and, and measured just the perfect ball through for, for, for Carl and Grant. And now, you know, we're going to talk about our strikers being informed, but it, it takes a confident player to you know to, not to rush the chance basically Carlin took the ball in you know t- took his time to sidestep bring it onto his right foot and uh, it was close range but it's a superb finish into the top corner yeah really really good and um first 15 20 minutes at south end i didn't really feel Cullen got on the ball and then the more he did the more we grew into that game and you saw why Bowyer had brought a player like him in um obviously i completely agree with you i think we did miss him at wickham um and that's why on was it thursday show i think i said we were to get the result without him and without the likes of Ward was was really impressive. But then it sounds like, and from the highlights, that Cullen was involved in almost everything good mm. again yesterday. Um, and that pass, I mean, it was just something else. It was from a, a level above the, the league we're playing in, really. Um, just beautifully measured. Um, yeah, and, and Carlin's done really well to beat his man, to read it as well, to anticipate it. Um, and then it's the sort of thing that again a year or two ago Carlin wouldn't have done um, but we see him cut back in and go for goal and trust his instincts and make the right decision and all of those things and when you see it all put together it's it's just a really really nice move I mean Carlin always say this but whenever you used to see him play for the 23s he was quite happy just to have the ball at his feet and just ghost past players but to see him now you know having you know, been in and around the first team for so many years. Now he is finally, you know, confident enough, and he's at the right age to be, the, you know, doing what he did in in the in the twenty threes at first team level. He took that ball and he took it past defenders. You know, as he has done throughout the season, but he took for, for, for his opening goal, he took it past defenders like they weren't there, and then to have the confidence to make sure he got his finish right as well. Yeah, no, exactly. And um, obviously, he used to bang him in for the under twenty threes, but and that we we say it a lot that under twenty three football is a lot different to men's, and we knew that Carl and had pace and we could finish but I think throughout the season um, especially since Accrington when he he should have passed it to Lyle and but had a, a you know shot and Bose weren't very happy his intelligence and his decision making seems to be getting better and better um, which is obviously flourishing because obviously because they know they both of them have now got eight between them um, I think that is eight between them isn't it mm. so it's obviously working and he you know he's confident at the moment and he's doing all the right things and long may it continue and this is why we said he should have stayed at the, the best thing for Carlin was the Crawley loan spell because if he never went on loan last year and he never done that he probably wouldn't be doing what he is doing now in now, my opinion anyway yeah I mean uh we we had this uh, the, 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 for, for the next half an hour or so in that first half there wasn't actually many there wasn't there definitely wasn't any chances at, at, at the end that Bradford were attacking I think Scannell had one that he skewed wide from twenty five yards which I didn't really count as a chance but then you know Charlton just kept kept doing the business and then it, we had this spell at the half hour mark where we seemed to sort of go for this you know the, the killer second and we had um, three or three chances within three minutes where I mean the the, the first one 
was uh, just a long punt forward, really. But Carlin did well to flick it on to, to Lyle Taylor. And this is these two working together. And I'm really enjoying this. And Taylor had this, this effort on the outside of his right boot that just sort of squirmed past the far post. It's sort of a snapshot, really, on the half volley. Just past the far post. Then then Carlin did have a big chance. You just thought, oh, no. Because uh, a lovely <laughs> little ball inside from a rebound. You, you would have seen this on the highlights. Everyone, um, like Grant's hit it over the bar from... You know, he, he knows he should have scored that one. And then it was minutes later that we had... I mean, Ward... The debutant Jamie Ward, and we'll speak about his performance more in a little while. He 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 just stuck a crossover that caused a little bit of chaos at the far post. But then a second later, the shot the ball came out to him on the edge of the box, and he had a shot that hit Lyle Taylor. And you're just seeing those three chances all go go and miss within the space of three or four minutes. You're thinking, oh no, we, the script was almost written, but luckily it didn't go that way. Yeah, and it's I think the the positive you can take from that is not just last season, but for the last few years. We had managers coming in, be it Carl, be it Lee towards the end of last year, although obviously he had a lot, a pretty good run, be it the managers before Carl, and they would come in and they'd say, we, we didn't really create anything. And we'd come on this show and we'd say, <laughs> yeah, even if we did score, that was probably the one chance of the game. You know, how many times did you see on Twitter after games people posting the BBC stats and you have shots on target or even shots and it'd be like two or three? But here we're, we're creating game after game after game now. And I think two up front does help. Um, you know, when one up front worked, it worked well. But when it didn't, we we looked really, really poor going forwards, and that helps as well. But we've also just got a lot of creativity going forwards, and players that are prepared when they're on the edge of the area to have a go instead of just trying to pass it around and try and work that ball into the six yard box before we shoot. And it's going to pay it pay off because I mean, obviously Lyle's goal yesterday proved it as well. But the more you get shots on target, the obviously you're going to score more goals and. We just look like a side that's actually prepared to do that now, and um, and that's really exciting. But as you say, uh, being a Charlton fan, especially when you see those chances missed, you start to think, right, we've had all those chances. No doubt they're going to get some spawny one in. But again, as I say, I was I was still relatively confident, although obviously I wasn't there following it. But I was still I was still confident that we would be all right. I think those of us who were there when when the second half began and Bradford then started to just win a few corners and they had, a, they had a set piece quite early on in the second half a free kick from, from Payne that he curled towards the far post but and it was a good ball in but no one sort of gambled to touch it home and like I say they, they started to get this flurry of corners and you know as a Charlton fan you're starting to think oh you know the, the more of this pressure it's, it's a it's a good crowd they get down at Bradford it's a loud ground it's a big, big bigger away game to go to and there's, there's this pressure starting to ramp up you're thinking oh bit worried what's going to happen here but in the highlights actually I, I, I wanted to show how much of the ball that Bradford had at the start of that second half, but I, there wasn't really anything to show for it. So I was putting I put in a clip of literally they had a corner that Charlton headed it away. It came back in towards the edge of the six yard box. It was there for about two seconds, bouncing around. Then we hacked it away. I mean that was their best chance of the second half, and that's not a chance at all. So you know, as a defensive unit, I saw second clean sheet of the season. Um, you know, important to get that, and important to show that we can go to teams, and even if we are under a little bit of pressure, that we can stifle them out and not let them actually have any clear cut chances. Yeah, I think when you go away from home, you've got to, you've got to expect to, at some point in the game you're going to be under the cosh. Um, like you say, against Bradford, you know they are still quite a big club down here. Uh, but yeah, I think the clean sheet is obviously great for the great for defenders. I think it will be also be good for Jed. Obviously, he's the only because Dill's had the other one against Fleetwood, wasn't it? So I think it'd be a good. He made a good save, which was probably their only. Was it their only clear? It was their only clear cut chance winning. Yeah, um, the, yeah, in the first, that was yeah. in the first two minutes. That yeah. Was, yeah. So I mean and. So yeah, I mean they managed it. I mean on the highlights they used to they went quite direct, and Naby seemed to be cleaning up when he come on. 
Um, but yeah, I think it just breeds confidence, doesn't it, to to go away at an away ground, clean sheet, a nice professional performance, and two beautiful goals. Mm. So. Yeah. As, uh, as that pressure was building throughout the second half, they, they did have one corner around the 67-minute mark and um, where it was curled towards the far post. Now, I'm not entirely sure which one of our men it was. It, I think it was one of the centre-halves, but to me, possibly holding onto a shirt. And there were loud appeals uh, from, from the, the sort of cop end behind the goal and from some of the players. And I did wonder if there was going to be a penalty given there. But we got away with that one. And then, you know, after that, then it gets to the last 10 minutes and obviously the game's going to get stretched. And to be fair, the only team creating chances was Charlton. Uh, a free kick from Cullen, which we had on the far side. He curled it towards the far post, and that was actually really quite close. Igor had come on as a second-half sub, and there was a really glorious turn inside the penalty area, and he drove towards goal, uh, which the keeper saved well with Taylor was actually sniffing around for a rebound. But it was only a minute later that Taylor got his goal, and, you know... I mean, I got really excited when that went in because A, it was a massive relief, but B, it was a superb goal. And I think it looked even better from where we were sat, actually, than it does on, on the highlights because it really didn't look like he had an option. There were so many men in between him and the goal, but he just worked that yard of space and that was a superb finish into that top corner. Yeah, yeah, really good finish. And as I said last week, he, he seems to offer us everything in terms of his hold-up plays good, his ability with the ball and driving forwards from deep is good, um, his vision is good, his movement is brilliant. But what I really like about him is that clinical instinct he has to be in the right place in the right time in the area and finish off those chances that we were missing or weren't getting to before. So the likes of the goal at Southend and his goal against Wickham. And this is just something different again that we've seen. Um, you know, to pick the ball up where he did and you expect maybe a little clip across to the back post or maybe a layoff to the edge of the area. But he just waited and waited and picked his spot and... It was a really good drive, and I've watched the replay loads of times, and I can't quite work out how he's got... It looks like it's gone through the defender's legs, and it looks like it's like always rising until it hits mm. the net, but it's such a decent finish again. And, and again, when have we had a striker like that? It's, we've had to wait for a while to get someone who can do that sort of thing and do that on a consistent basis as well. Um, and between him and Grant, as Nafe said earlier, that's eight goals already for the season where... We're just on a really good run of form. And, and as I say, we've got, just got players that are prepared to have a go. And, and if you've got that, then you've got every chance of winning games. Boya, uh, in particular, with, with Taylor, talks about a striker only needs one chance, really. Because, I mean, yesterday, you'd argue, he, he was he's actually fairly quiet. He had, like I say, that one snapshot on the half volley in the first half. And he was, he was linking up play and, and whatnot. But other, other than that, in terms of an actual chance... I mean, he doesn't have that many, and, and that wasn't even a chance, if we're being honest. That was a half chance at best, and, and, and he had the quality to put it into the top corner. And, and as Tom says, that's something... We, you know, I'm trying to think, like Josh McInnes wouldn't have done that mm. last season, to be honest. I can't think the last striker we would have had <coughs> that would have been able, out of nothing, just to put that one in the top corner. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, well, probably, it would be Jan, probably, or maybe Rally Wright Phillips, maybe. But, I mean, last year we only scored, just looked, we only scored 58 goals the whole of last year. And all the other top six teams were around 70, 80. Mm. So, I mean, going on by this form, we should be along those sort of numbers um, if we're going to be obviously pushing for the top six. But, yeah, I mean, since Taylor's come in, and like Tom said, he just seems to be in the right place at the right time. And the game again, our last home game, when he was driving the channels, which is, again, another element I didn't know he was he was capable of doing. So he just seems to be an all-round centre-forward and... Um, yeah, he's going really well, and I'm just hoping he stays fit the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, typically, I did think about this now that we've 
this, this evening we're going to do a, a strike partnership special talking about those two and others. So you just know one of them's going to get injured next week. You know, not, probably not even training. Probably just like fall over on the way to Sainsbury's or something. But um, you know, we, we saw the game out. It was pretty comfortable. Um, unfortunately, we did. The only thing we lacked was a if we conceded a goal, we would have won our Charlton Live. Uh, Jacko's jackpot bet because mm. we had both teams to score, Taylor to score any time and Charlton to win. But you know, not really that bothered about that because a clean sheet is a, is a good thing uh, to, to to come away with. And you know, I say like now that momentum's just starting to build. Three wins in a row, four without defeat. You just wonder now how how long you can keep a run like this going, especially you know a Plymouth side coming next week. Who, with all due respect to them, we know how good they were at the end of last season. They've had the, the best of starts to this campaign. Yeah, and we have to remember. Like even at the start of the season, okay, the results maybe weren't absolutely brilliant, but Sunderland are a massive team. We didn't really know what to expect. Peterborough are, are performing well as well. We've only lost both of those goal uh, games by one goal right at the end. So even the start wasn't really as bad as perhaps results looked. And as Lee said, we had injuries at that stage as well. Um, so actually, when you look at it all as a whole, first however many games we've played... I think we're we're on par for what a lot of us would hope for. Um, we're, we're picking up the the wins we need to. We're beating the teams we should, um, and we've come unstuck against a couple of the bigger teams. But arguably, on another day, we would have won those as well. And yeah, as I say, I, I don't really fear anyone at the moment. And I'm sure at some point we we might lose a game again. But for the moment, let's just keep this run going. Plymouth are, are another team that. I feel confident we sh- we should beat, or certainly we can beat. Um, and then you just take it a game at a time, a week by week. And it'll be a shame if we do keep this run up if the uh, Warsaw game does get postponed, because that'll just maybe kill our momentum a little mm. bit. But um, I suppose on the other hand, that gives a few players a chance to get some rest. So we have to see what happens with that one. But yeah, all good so far. Now we saw a um, a, a debut for Jamie Ward. Obviously, he'd been away with uh, Northern Ireland, uh, so we hadn't actually seen him. Uh, he only trained with the last during the week, but he made the start. Which you know, whether that was a surprise for some people, perhaps or not, but um, he came straight in. Um, he popped up in the in some places. Actually, it, it did feel like like a, a third forward man. Really, you know, he kept popping up. Uh, putting a decent cross, had a couple of efforts. Uh, you know, had that effort blocked by Lyle Taylor, ironically, that I said earlier. Um, it, it just seemed to keep, like I say, just arriving at the right time. Now, obviously, it's very early days for him, but just someone else, you know, someone with a bit of experience in the forward line, you know, could could be someone that could really add something to us. Yeah, and I think once he obviously gets a few games under his belt, he'll probably shake off the little bit of rustiness he may have. Um, but you know, Bo's brought him in just to give that little bit of experience. Um, in the final third, and he can play in a few positions. So, it was a very good signing when um, when it was obviously announced that he signed. I think, still think he's a championship player, um, but yeah, he, he looks like he can offer another dimension, which we always seem to say is even if he doesn't start, um, and we're chasing a goal to bring you know Ward on in this in this division is is quite a, quite an asset for us mm. for sure. Ben Reeves made his first start of the season yesterday. Came off, uh, <coughs> I think, about an hour, maybe seventy five. He came off. Um, after his performance last week, I'm not surprised to see him get get his start. And he was involved, particularly in the first half. He was involved in a couple of decent little passing moves and just keeping the ball ticking in the midfield, which is a lot of what we did yesterday. Is just keeping it ticking, waiting for chances. And yeah, you know, I think he was involved in in those three chances we had as well. So it's good to see him. You know, we talked about how over the perhaps in particular the first half of last season he didn't really hit the heights but he ended, he ended last season not too bad actually and now he started this season having had his injury he started it quite well yeah and I think he came in expecting to play at the the tip of that three behind the striker under Cole that's what he played at Milton Keynes and 
for whatever reason, just didn't really get up and running. Um, but yeah, he looked good last week uh, uh, from the highlights uh, yesterday. Looked good again. And what I like in that midfield is, uh, did we play Diamond yesterday? Yeah, that's how I looked in the highlights. So we've got we've got all the players that can play that formation. We've got players who can play a flat four four two, and we've got the uh, the wing back f- formation as well with the the five across the middle or five at the back, depending on how you see it. So. When you look at that, you know, Reeves and Fosu and Cullen and Clark and Prattley and Aribo, there's there's just so many options in there. You've got Lapsley as well who can come in. And we've talked a lot about the fact for the last four or five years that we've we've lacked a, a deep squad. And numbers-wise, it's still not massive, but I don't think there's any real weak link in there. I, I'm not worried when someone gets injured at the moment because there's someone else that can come in and do arguably as good a job. We've still got Billy Clark to come back in there as well. Um the only place perhaps is is up front because I'm sure Eagle would do an adequate job if one of those two gets injured, but he is the only real support striker we have up there, so that's perhaps a concern. But you know what? If that happens, then I'm sure we'll find ways around it as well. And we've got enough attacking players to lend a hand there as well. So yeah, it just looks it looks scary for other teams. I think coming here and seeing whatever lineup we put in, it's it's going to be a difficult place or difficult set uh, set of players to play against. But don't forget, we want to hear what you made of yesterday's performance up at Valley Parade. You can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live. You can head over to the Charlton Live forum. Uh, there's a thread on there for tonight's show. I want to, Also, I want to know what you made of Jamie Ward on his debut. Uh, if you just want to email in and purr about the two goals that we scored, uh, you're more than welcome to, because tonight we are purring very much about those uh, the performances of our, of, of our strikers yesterday. Um, Josh Cullen was involved yesterday as well anything you want to say about any of our players really uh, let us know studio at charltonlive.co.uk let's have a listen to what Lee Bayer had to say after (laughs) yesterday's game caught up with the the Addicts manager uh, and asked him what he made of the performance different I think the first half we was excellent we we moved the ball well and we controlled the first half I thought Um, I think we should have been at least 2-3 up half time should have been more. We need to be more ruthless, you know. We need to put teams to bed. Like we, we keep doing that at the moment. And, and second half, we, we made it tough on ourselves. We, we give the ball back to them too easily at times, and 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 they put us under a bit of pressure without creating any chances. Um, but we, we we just kept giving the ball back. But the, the most important thing is that we got the three points, and and we've got a clean sheet. And, and it's a tough place to come here, you know. Like. I came here as a player and, and lost, so it's, it's, it's definitely tough. The crowd get behind them, and and our lads all stuck together and, and and deserved the three points thoroughly. I thought it's been a long time since Charlton have had two goal scorers in one team. Uh, Carl's got his, uh, Lyle's got his fifth today. Carlin's got his third today, so he must be pleased to see that they two are working so well together. Yeah, obviously Lyle. I think Lyle set up Carlin, and, and then I, I don't know was it. Carlin that put it down the line for Lowell and then he come inside I don't know but they're, they're both looking for each other now and I said after the Accurton game like this that a change because they're, they're, what happened there on that day wasn't wasn't good enough you know that it's, you have to play as a team and, and then so they're, they're definitely doing that now and they're, they're playing as a partnership and and I think Ward coming into that that is that clever one you know in behind them and so yeah they're, they're it keeps going goals. That's what they do. They score goals. I see it every day. So it doesn't surprise me that Lowell just put that in the top corner. It didn't surprise me because I see him do it near enough every day in training. So I'm delighted for the pair of them. They worked hard um, and they deserve their rewards today. You mentioned Jamie Ward there. You finally got to, to play him after his international 
uh, duty. What did you make of his addict's debut? Thought he'd done well. I think in possession he's he's definitely dangerous. He's a clever player. He gets into good areas, and but you could tell he was rusty. Um, he was definitely rusty. He hasn't played much football, so uh, but that had come, you know. Like it, it get better and better every day in training because the way we train, the tempo we train is, is demanding. So, but we'll have to look after him for now because he's he's not used to this this game stuff, you know, and and. But he will get better and better. And but I was delighted with his performance. I think um, I think that he brings something different to what we've got for sure. All the pressure that Bradford had in the second half, they didn't actually create too many clear-cut chances. So defensively, you must be pleased with how your team performed today as well. Yeah, that, that, that's how we should be defending. You know, um, it's good, clean sheet, and 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 they was togetherness like all the back four and the midfielders. I have to say, Josh Cullen in front, he, he played 90 minutes on. On Tuesday, and then to, to put in a 90 minutes performance like that, he was everywhere today. Picked up a hell of a lot of second balls and broke up a lot of plays. So uh, I, I think, as a as a whole, I'm, I'm delighted with with coming away a clean sheet. Because, like I said, it's a tough place, you know. And yeah, they didn't really create nothing, in, and we deserve to win for sure. Third win in a row. That momentum's starting to build up quite nicely now. Yeah, I said once we start getting some players back fit, then. Then we start winning more games, and to be honest, I think the two that we've lost have been harsh. You, you got Sunderland away, injury time, and, and we didn't deserve that. And then obviously Peterborough, like, and we all know what happened there. So it's harsh. The two that we've lost, and, and, and the two that we've drawn, really, maybe Fleetwood was probably a fair result, but and we should have won that. So, but we, but we keep going and we keep pushing, and, and, and I'll keep demanding from them. Uh, and and we hopefully keep winning games. How's it going again? He's got Grant inside of him. Uses him as a decoy. Takes a shot. Oh, oh what a goal! Come on! Oh, come on! Oh, what a finish! Come on! Lyle Taylor used Grant as a decoy. And a right foot shot from the right hand. Well, the left hand edge just shot an attack of the penalty area. Absolutely arrowed into the top corner. O'Donnell had no chance at all and Charlton a 2 0 up. 
he's learning <coughs> his trade on the job in incredibly difficult circumstances. You know, you don't forget there was fans protesting at the EFL this week because people aren't happy with the way the club's being run, quite clearly, because there's a lot of weird stuff going on and, and, and difficult stuff. And, you know, he, he has a smaller budget than anyone else would have had over the last few years here at the club. But he's working miracles so far. It's amazing. Yeah, he deserves a huge amount of credit. And I... I think, to some extent, it's a it's a wider thing in the sport um, in terms of younger players who, or sorry, people who have more recently played coming in and doing a good job. And you look at the starts that people like Lampard and like Gerrard have made, and the people that are coming in who used to be perhaps saviors that people could you know hang their hat on to come in and and do a job. Those people perhaps aren't getting the results that they used to. So I think there is a shift just in general. But when you factor in everything that he's having to cope with here, um, he, he deserves a huge amount of credit. And he's got a massive amount of self-confidence. We saw that at the end of last season as well. He's still got a pull. Um, you know, he can get he can get players through the door because of who he is. Um, and that I think that's shown this year. He's obviously got a good youth set up here as well, which every manager has had the opportunity to take advantage of. But he's doing that really well as well. And uh yeah, the players just seem to enjoy playing under him. We said this on Thursday as well. It looks like a fun group of players to play, uh, to you know, to be a part of. And you see it through all their social media and stuff as well. They just look like they're enjoying themselves. And if they're enjoying playing the game, then you know, results should be better. And, and that's how it's proven. Ability to switch up tactics. You know, we, we, We've gone from three at the back to, to four at the back and playing different formations over the weeks. You know, and he doesn't play the same one every week, which obviously is a lot of what a lot of people talked about under Carl Robinson with the four two three one. You know, he's gone from three five two to four four two diamond or four four two flat, wherever he wants to do, and he's happy to mix it up and he's happy to look at how the other team plays and, and to adjust you know, to face them. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was one I think that's been one of the keys why he's been so success, successful. He's we it seems like he's playing a system that suits the players instead of trying to force players into a system. Um, which I think you know the the argument about the four two three one with the previous manager, um, but yeah no and the good thing is like you say we've got multiple formations that you can change in the game, or just on a game by game basis and all the players all, you know they now they know each they they all know their jobs and, and everything like that so yeah it's 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 nice to see because we just look confident. And you just feel comfortable, and the players look comfortable, and look they mm. they do it with a smile on their faces instead of it just being forced. And I think that's why we're creating so many chances because they're all so familiar with what their what their role is and what the team has to do. Uh, part of the uh, interview there, Barry, I was talking about their defensive work, and he was talking about Josh Cullen playing in front of that back four. Um, I mean, it, after the game, it was, it was notable that even though obviously Bradford had been beaten and beaten quite comfortably, quite a lot of their fans stayed around to give Josh Cullen the, a round of applause after the game as, as he left as he left the field of play. Uh, played forty times for him in a couple of years ago on loan from West Ham, the season that uh, Bradford hit the playoff final. Uh, losing to Millwall but I mean it's the fact that they're so fond of him and um, shows what you know he's going to give everything for a team that's what he did for Bradford that's what he's going to do for us Um, and and he did that yesterday like we saw two sides of his game yesterday we saw the the superb through ball in the first half the creativity uh, and in the second half we saw someone who's happy to just get his hands dirty and put in challenges and break up play yeah and not only just the general ability to be able to do those two things but the actual class he's got in doing it as well as I said earlier not just that pass but so far in the the game and a bit that I've seen him play he looks a class above Um, and I think we're very lucky to have him Um, now obviously there's a long way to go he's only played a couple of games but 
he just looks looks so assured on the ball. He looks like he can change things up. Um, he looks like he's got a bit of Jake in him, but also a bit of someone a bit more creative and a bit more forward thinking as well. So, yeah, I just I, I really like how he's bedded into the team so quickly. Um, when I was listing out all those midfielders, I've forgotten Billick as well that's here. Mm. There's just such a wealth of talent there. Um, and I think it needs to be managed carefully because a lot of them are still very young. Um, it obviously relies on Boya getting his tactics right as well because as Naif says it's all well and good having those players but they need to play in a system that suits them um, which so far he has got right more often than not Um, and if those two things do happen how many times do we say that we lost the game in midfield and Terry said it last week that you have to earn your right in the midfield particularly at this level um, because it can be a hard aggressive game Um, and we've actually got a midfield that do do that now and we're not we're not getting overrun to the same extent that we have in previous years. And it's exciting. It's very exciting. And, and Cullen's going to be a big part of that. There was a tweet going around from a Bradford City fan after the game yesterday, <laughs> which said that it was a typical Lee Bowyer side, dirty. And as for starters, it's like, he's been managing for about 20 minutes, mate. He doesn't have a typical side yet. But <laughs> it was, in a way, nice to see another fan uh, another club's fans moaning about us being a bit nasty um, there was a couple of times we got booked yesterday for simulation in the box which obviously fans don't like but I think hopefully they're not just talking about that I think they're more talking about the fact that we were strong in challenges yesterday uh, you know we, 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 we need to be we need to have that edge don't we and you know I, I, know, I know we're all taking the mick of to saying it's a typical Lebo your side but I think if you're talking something like along the lines of it's a side that's being built in the mould of Lebo the way he played, I mean, because he wasn't he he wasn't one to you know uh, to squirm out of a challenge or anything, was he during his during his playing days? If he tweeted that, that would have been fair. But that's mm. what that's what you want. That's what you need in League One. Yeah, that's what we lacked last year. I think yeah, we had Cashy last year who was good um, in in dictating tempo, but it, and it, you know he used to put his foot in, but he wasn't. We never had a big physical presence in the middle. We had you know you had him and Aribo. Aribo's obviously improved a lot in terms of his strength, but he used to be quite slight. But this year, like you say, you've got Prattley there, you've got Billick, you've got Cullen who puts himself about, Rebo, even Reeves, when he came on against, um, in the last home game, he was putting himself about. So, yeah, you need, 100% you need to earn the right to play in this league and and we need to do that. We, we I remember a go, we, last year, we, like Tom was saying, we need to have that swagger in our play. You've got to do that, but you've got to do the ugly side of <coughs> things as well to get on the ball and then mm. to make chances. Now, I enjoyed my trip to Bradford City yesterday. It's one of my favourite away away grounds in League One, actually. It's a, it's, a, it's a great ground, good atmosphere, proper northern away day. I really enjoyed it. Um, last year, um, <laughs> when it was raining, and the roof, the roof, sort of the stand that we sit in, is, it only goes sort of halfway down, and uh, the rain and the wind was blowing in. Last year, I got absolutely drenched in Sebo. Uh, tweeted saying, uh, Louis, was your computer okay this year? Last season at Bradford, I remember it got a bit wet. Yeah, I'm pleased to say that even though it was raining when it got to Leeds in the morning, uh, it didn't rain yesterday. So uh, so thankfully my laptop survived. Um, I, I did the, one sad thing about yesterday. I mean, when you think of Bradford, uh, you, you think of a bit of a gritty northern town. You know, it's got it's certainly got its charms and I, I like the place. But um, it, it lost a bit of its magic yesterday when I was, I was sort of searching around for a cup of tea. I got there really early. I thought I'd duck in somewhere, just get a little cup of tea, and I went into this bakery, Bradford Bakery. It's called a Fort Perfect. They'll do me a nice Yorkshire tea or something for for a quid, and I'll sit down and kill half an hour. I went in. It cost me two pound twenty for tea. It was a loose leaf tea, and they gave me my own little mini mini kettle. And unfortunately, we've lost Bradford to gentrification. <laughs> the, the last place I thought, I thought that was going to be one of the last bastions, uh, but sadly, uh, it is gone as well. Now something else that made me laugh yesterday. 
uh, just when I was there to sing the highlights for, 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 for today's game. I just heard th- th- this line from Terry just caught my eye. It's a stiff one all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good good for Terry. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I, if I am going to take the mick out of Terry, I will have to take the mick out of myself just very quickly. Um, I got excited very much so when we scored our second goal yesterday, but my voice had an absolute fail <laughs> when it got towards the end of this. So just listen uh, to my pronunciation of the word Bradford on this. Gone, boy has got the uh, ad expansing at Bradford. Taylor, they go towards goal. Oh, what a goal! Oh, goodness me, what a strike that is from Lyle Taylor into the top corner, and surely now that's the three points secured for the Alex. It's Bradford now, Joe and two. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So if I'm taking the mick out of Terry, I'll take the mick out of myself. Right, let's have a look at some of the tweets that came in uh, uh, from yesterday's game. Uh, don't forget, we're also asking you for your favourite Charlton strike partnerships. I've just tweeted it out there. Actually, um, eight goals between the two of them, Lyle Taylor and Carlin Grant, so far this season. So you know who are your favourites from years gone by. You can tweet us at Charlton Live uh, Studio at CharltonLive.co.uk on the emails. And later on, we're going to hear from Grace Coombs as well uh, from the women's team. Uh, so that's what's coming up later on in tonight's show but let's have a look at the tweets from yesterday Kai said a very good performance the only negative is that we should have scored more just hope we can keep the rhythm going at the Valley on Saturday he's given the performance a score of 11 out of 14 which is a, a very fair score I think I mean if we are going to try and find a negative and you know there's always room for improvement and we look at those that, that, that flurry of chances we had around the half hour mark and you know against a better team we maybe would have been no punish for that yeah uh, and again as I said before the game I, I thought we were going to beat them by a few um, um, if we'd have put those chances away we would have um, and we are going to come up against teams where we do need to do that because for all the praise we're giving Charlton yesterday and rightly so because it's a good win and, and as Lee said it's never an easy place to go Bradford are a bit of a bit of a shambles at the moment um, and as you said they had their, their injury problems as well um, so when you add that to the the managerial issues and the the start they've had, um, you know, it's a team that we should be beating in all honesty. But yeah, we we need to be slightly more clinical. Um, it's good that we've got players like Taylor who will take their chance when they get it. But those other chances that we were getting, you you need to be putting some of those away. But as I say, it didn't matter yesterday, so it's you don't want to be too critical. Mm, I mean, I mean, and then you do take. I mean, you take the positive from the fact that we were creating these chances, and we do we do have these spells in us where we can just flick a switch it seems and then just seem to create chances at will at times yeah and, and that's obviously the, uh, the big difference from last season and I think I just I know Souls has said it a few times before but I, I think we're going to smash someone soon I think it'll be like a 4 or 5 nil, and I think we'll kick on um, but they you know the, the, the play, you know Carlins and you know and the Lyles are getting in the right areas and we are being a bit we are flopping some chances but you know that will come in time, and um, but yeah, it's it's nice to see because I mean I remember like Tom said earlier about last season. Remember t- uh, Josh, big Josh. It's not his fault, but he was up on his own, and then we used to go so direct, and we weren't really creating anything. It was just like we yeah. were just getting little bits and bobs from knockdowns. But it's nice to play us playing with some fluidity. Yeah, and we can mix it up as well because yeah. I mean we, you know we saw last week there was that long ball over the top that that Taylor chance. There, there was a couple of times yesterday. Where it wasn't really working out for us, uh, you know, early stage of the second half, where we were struggling uh, for um, uh, for 
<laughs> Sorry, there's someone coming in. We're we're struggling for uh, sort of position, you know, for, for position, and therefore we just had to hump it forward. And a couple of times we we had Taylor and Grant chasing them down. And it looked like we might actually get something from it. So yeah, but we've shown we can do that now. That's the thing. And we've got Steer, who obviously I think we were all gutted that that Phillips, you know, got dropped. Um, but Steer comes in and his distribution long is good. And we saw that twice against Wickham, where Taylor got over the top and once led to a goal, and the other time was was decent as well. So. We've got those options, and as I said earlier, and we've all said, Boyer's prepared to change up his formation, which is good. We've got different ways of playing, which is good, and we've got players that can do lots of different things as well. So when you factor that in, teams are going to come to us, and they're not really sure how we're going to set up, and Boyer's putting the work in to adapt and adjust us as well. So it, it's, it's a good prospect, and we've got those options there. All sorted now, if it was... <laughs> <laughs> He's just started having a conversation where it's like, what's happening in here? So like, we're, just, we're just live on the radio, that's what's happening. <laughs> that big red sign where it says Mike Clive, no, it's just for banter, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, no, I've got the keys. Excellent, right. Uh, the, the, there's a, there's a, a local community that come in and have uh, evenings together here at the Valley on Sundays, and they're, they're, they're always great, but they always try and give us the keys at the worst time. <laughs> they've given us food and beer before, they are yeah. great, but they, they are, yeah. Uh, right, uh, Anthony Penton says that the, the goals were better than last week, hashtag win pretty. I mean, that is the thing, like last week we were, very, we were very much grinding out the goals as well as, you know, a very difficult game, but this week, like I say, just to have that little bit of quality, I mean, just, just to show that extra bit, like we did with those goals yesterday because you know on, on a more on maybe last season we might have struggled to break them down if you, if you think of the game at Bradford last season the goal we had was actually mm. a bit of you know a bit of a scramble and we and, and that was the only time really we, we broke them down that well but this season you know we, we scored two goals by unlocking the defence that was you know making it quite difficult at times yeah it's nice to, to for obviously I strike to think outside the box and, and to have the confidence of trying those sort of shots um, again I'm not digging Josh out big Josh but I can't envisage him doing that last season. Again, that's not his sort of type of football. But it's nice to see the players having a bit of swagger, like we always say, have a bit of swagger and say, you know what, I'm going to get that extra yard, I'm going to try and bend this in a postage stamp. And it worked. Um, and it's nice to see us at the moment. We, and we're scoring all different types of goals. Like you said, we mix it up, we can go long, we can just go down the channels, or we can play nice stuff. So... It's nice, and we've got a good variation in terms of styles of play and formations. Mm. Yeah, Jack says yesterday's performance was solid and very comfortable, very un Charlton like. <laughs> um, I, I, there, 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 were, there were times in that second half, and like I say, I mean, just because they had so much of the ball, and just because I've watched Charlton for enough years and known that if we're going to miss those, that, that was the entire conversation we all had with each other in the press box at half time yesterday. So I was, well, we know this is going to come back and bite us in the backside because of the chances we've missed. And, you know, especially when they had, like I say, lots of pressure at the start of the second half but honestly like you, you, you cannot find a clear-cut chance for them other than the one they had in the first minute where where Jed Steer saved from from Owen Doyle and that I mean you know Bradford have had their problems this season but they didn't look an awful team at times yesterday just struggling to break us down a little bit and I like to think that that, that was us rather than them yeah 100% and as I say that's that's the positive thing here we've got so many options we're we're taking games to other teams we've got that swagger about us now where even when even if we're struggling in games in terms of possession like like we were at times yesterday and being put under pressure we're still not letting other teams create chances and i think a lot of that comes down to consistency the likes of solly obviously who's been around forever but pierce and bauer started to form that partnership last year you got page who came back at the start of last season so he's had a few months to bed in now um and okay steer is relatively new but he comes with a wealth of experience as well and 
when you build from the back like that and you can snuff out chances at that end and then start to build on it, it's obviously hugely positive. And we haven't had perhaps as many clean sheets this season as we would have liked, particularly when you think how many we got towards the end of last season. But we've got a good stable back four, back five there. Um, and then when you add that creativity on top, it's it's an exciting little combination. And yeah, it's just, it's a team that when it comes round to Saturday, I'm not, I'm not dreading it like I have other times, either because the game's going to be rubbish or because... I don't think we're good enough to win the game. I'm actually confident and I know you're going to get a good game of football out of it. And yeah, so far we're getting the results as well. Uh, F. James says, great all-round team performance from the lads. What a reaction from young Cullen after Taylor had scored. Uh, He may be only on loan and young, but such commitment to the cause. That's why I believe we will romp home uh, this season. I mean, there are certain... You know, when you get the young players, look at Lapsley as well. I mean, when you when you're fresh and when you, when you are that that sort of player, is going to come in and, and give their all for the show. Yeah. And he can, whether you're on loan or not, it's, it's certainly going to add to to your side. Oh no, exactly. Um, and I just think it just goes back to the, the depth that you know Bowie is trying to get at the club. Yeah, we're not the biggest, but we know um, that quality shows. And it's great, like like you say, Lapsley. It's great for Lapsley to come on um, and to obviously try and see a game out when they've obviously got a lot of the ball, but. Um, yeah, so it's, it's looking promising, and I'm just like I said earlier. I just hope we don't get any more injuries. So it's just it's too good at the moment. Now I know something's around the corner. But I don't want to be too negative. Yeah, uh, gas leak at the training ground or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> F. James, F. James says, "Hold on to your seats. It's going to be a bumpy." Uh, right, but we're on the march to victory. Got a good feeling about this squad. Always a believer, not a daydreamer like the Palace. And that's what you talk about the squad, you know. It's still a small squad, and that's why it is the the worry about what's coming around the corner. But like I said, while you're on the on the quest of this wave here, you're going to try and ride it. You're going to try and take this 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 winning run on for as long as possible. And, yeah, and that's the important thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Because there's every chance some, as you say, something will happen. Someone will get injured or. Will sell the club and that'll cause chaos. Or Roland won't let the floodlights come on during the winter, or something. <laughs> something bad will happen. Um, so you just got to take the good parts when you can. Like the end of last season, we absolutely loved it. And okay, the playoffs themselves didn't work themselves out, but it was su- such good fun the last couple of months of last year. The, the best fun I've had as a Charlton fan for a long, long time. So yeah, we've got to enjoy it um, whilst the run carries on and try, you know, live for the present. Like there's no point waiting until we finish seventh. Like, let's just enjoy it now and see where we get. And if that is what happens, then so be it. But we've got to enjoy the wins. Mark Anderson's definitely enjoying it at the moment. I, tw- I tweeted, how did you rate our performance yesterday? And he, he replied, better than a mini Magnum, with a t- attaching a photo of a mini Magnum. <laughs> <laughs> and that does look good. He says, come on, my beautiful Valiants, let's keep this going. And I'm glad to see that Mark's, uh, like I say, enjoying it. Uh, whilst we can at the moment Josh Cullen uh, was different class yesterday according to Will Bollen uh, he says uh, when the team looked really good uh, except for the middle 30 minutes where it was a bit iffy the ref uh, was insert swear word uh, but that doesn't matter when you have Kyle and Carlin up front uh, scoring the scream it's an interesting performance from, from the referee yesterday because like I said when, when we had this potential shirt pull uh, from from a quarter, sort of midway through the second half, my initial reaction was that's a penalty. If I'm if I'm being totally honest, now I do wonder if it's just a psychological thing because whenever whenever Charlton appeal for a penalty, I always always in my mind think nah, probably not because I think I oh, this ain't this ain't good enough. So when we had like say two players booked for simulation, both Carlin and Aribo, uh booked for simulation yesterday, my initial reaction to both was well they've gone down looking for that. There was one in the first half. Where Carlin had, had he dived past the challenge. Now I thought he went down looking for it from where I was, but at the same time the club tweeted, 
uh, they thought he should have been a penalty. So, I, you know, I haven't seen it back, but my initial reaction was he went down certainly easy. And the second one with Ariba as well, I thought he went down easy. Mm. Um, but at the same... So maybe I'm... It, it might just be my miserable mindset that perhaps maybe we should have had two penalties and they never should have had the one for, I thought, what it might have been. But my initial reaction was it was a penalty. But then the referee got a bit card-happy after that. Book Chris Solly for a perfectly good challenge. Just after I called the ref an absolute legend on Twitter for not giving a penalty, he, he, he booked Chris Solly as well. So different people will have different views on the referee's uh, performance uh, yesterday. Uh, and Will Bolland certainly thought it doesn't matter. But like I say, when you're scoring two goals like that, it doesn't really matter anyway, does it? No, of course it doesn't. Don't care how bad the ref is as long as we're on the right side of it, aren't we? But, mm. um, yeah, so like you said it already, like we just got to ride this wave, crest of the wave. And long may it continue because we've had some miserable times in recent years, and we're in a good place at the moment. But I don't think none of us are going to get too, too over the um, over the top. I think Bowser keep the, the players all level-headed, um, and then just focus on the next game. Well, Matthias says it was a great win, a professional job done by us at Bradford. And uh, he says, I'm really sorry I didn't get to see you, uh, but the Northern trains let me down because limited service. I only got to the ground five minutes before the start of the game, so I hope to see you guys soon. That's from Matthias. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a train strike up north yesterday and the last train out of Bradford was at 6 o'clock so I, there was no way I was going to make it I had to get the bus from Bradford to Leeds which takes bloody ages uh, but you know, Charlton still took a good number of fans anyway and uh, they enjoyed their day despite the train problems I'm sure Cat Varma says I hate being uh, a Charlton fan you go gloom, you go from gloom to optimism to gloom and back again I'm sitting here looking at the fixture list thinking we could pick up maximum points between now and late October if we can manage our injuries that's probably <laughs> just put the kiss of death on it I mean that is a thing I know if you remember how we were at the start of the season um, and I was very much like, I was really worried at the start of the season because I looked at our squad and I looked at where we were uh, I also I also looked at the fact that we were you know we had to start Lapsley and and, and the likes of Albie Morgan they were coming in at the start of the season and to be honest they've uh, performed much above the level I was expecting them to and now I'm also glad that we're not overusing them you know if Lapsley was still starting every game he probably would get a bit more tired and struggle a bit more and the same with Morgan you know he's played well when he's coming but sometimes when you see a young player play well you think oh, I'd love for him to play again next week but you, you just got to remember how much it can set a player back if they play too much at the start of their career when they're still managing you know managing learning to play men's football which is very different to the 23s yeah I remember start of the season when it was myself and Greg on comms up at Sunderland and we saw George's name in the, in the lineup, and we were worried for him because we'd seen what he was like last year and you know credit to him because he's come back he's improved um, they obviously had their time with the squad over pre-season and, and they've made the most of it and I'm glad that they haven't had to play week in week out because that's not fair on them but when they've come in they've they've looked exciting and Morgan's had slightly less time than, than George but when he's come in he's done well um, but George just looks already like different class to how he did last year he's looked so good um, but you're right we don't we don't want to rush him in we don't want to play him week in week out now and again they're in a position, luckily for us, that we've got a lot of players there and we, we've got options and they're exciting players to bring off the bench as well. And again, if you just take George as an example, I don't know if he's directly assisted goals in the last couple of games, but he's come off the bench and certainly been a part of build-ups that, are, that have created goals as well. So, yeah, we need to be careful with them. Um, even Carlin, I mean, I know he started the season well and he scored a lot of goals, but even him, we need to manage him still um, because they are a very young squad and we've got the likes of Ward and, and Pierce who can come in and, and give that experience. Um, but with the, 
I'm not going to say depth because it is still a small squad, but with the quality that we've got in the first, what, 18, 19 players, we've got enough players in there to rotate when we need to. Mm. Um, and obviously with Saturday, Tuesday coming fairly regularly, particularly through the winter, I think we need to do that. Right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live. Don't forget, still coming up, we're going to hear from Grace Coombs as the vice-captain of the Charlton Athletic uh, women's team. They've got their first uh, championship game uh, coming up on Wednesday evening over at the Oakwood. Um, VCD, if, if you might know it better than that, but it's in, in sort of in between Crayford and Barnhurst, the Oakwood, uh, Wednesday evening. We're all going to be there, Charlton Live. We're sponsoring the game, so it'd be great to see as many Charlton fans down there because the women's team, they deserve our support for how well they've done. Uh, over the last few years and also um, we're going to talk about our favourite strike partnerships here at the Valley right quick break we'll be back in a few moments time Silver steps in, wins it back for Charlton, comes away on a run and then feeds Fossu over halfway. Fossu on the left-hand side, they're heading towards the penalty area, looking to take on Pond. Gets in the box, is he going to fall over? No, he's got his yeah. There's number three! Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. On your Sunday evening, looking back at yesterday's 2-0 win uh, up at Bradford City, Louis Mendez, Tom Wallin and Nathan Miller here in the studio at the Valley. Um, right, Charlton Soul had uh, his or her uh, say on yesterday's performance. Said Last year, uh, we only ever won ugly, always a sign of a team lacking in quality. We have now strengthened in almost every position. Boyer seems to focus on unity and spirit uh, as opposed to Robinson's... Uh, stubborn commitment to his pound shop Guardiola uh, philosophies which let small mistakes evolved into big problems uh, this league lacks the heavyweights of last year and we should no longer be afraid to speak about an automatic promotion openly as an expectation and not just hope I mean that's interesting I think if we have time at the end we might just sort of analyse how the how, how the league's shaping up now but I mean Charlton Soul said there you know, are, are Charlton now going to look at automatic promotion? Because, I mean, I wouldn't have even dreamed of saying that at the start of the season. But just with the the turnaround in form we've shown, I mean, it's only three or four games, but, you know, are we now starting to look at the upper reaches of the table, playoffs, top half? What, you know, what are we thinking about? I, I don't see why not. Um, I can't remember if I made a, a prediction at the start of this season, but I wouldn't have been surprised. I think... I would have said something along the lines of if we got the players in that Lee said he was going to for August, then I think a, a top two is more than capable. Um, I fully expected us to get playoffs from the very start of the season, even after that defeat at Sunderland. Um, and I'll stand by that. But I think with the players we've we've actually brought in, the run we've been on, the the way the side looks, the, the way they gel, um, I don't think there's any reason we can't go for those top two places. Peterborough are a good side. Sunderland are going to be up there. Portsmouth have started well. Um, so that we're obviously going to have to compete um, but yeah I, th- I think we can uh, and I think playoffs is certainly the, the least we should expect now um, not just because of this little run because it is only three or four games but just in general the side we've got I think anything other than, than top six would be a massive disappointment Right, one of our listeners uh, needs help. Well, you could argue all of them do, actually. But, um, <laughs> Daniel Trafin says, uh, I need help, please, uh, for Luton away. I'm coming back from Australia this week uh, and we'll be going to the Plymouth game, but I don't have a ticket for Luton away. If anyone has a spare, uh, please let me know. So that's Daniel Trafin, so a, a regular emailer and, and commenter on the show. Um, so if anyone knows of any spare tickets uh, for Luton away knocking about, 
Uh, I mean, you can tweet us at Charlton Live or DM me Louis uh, at Louis Mend on, on Twitter. Or, or drop us an email if anyone's got a spare for, for looting away uh, it'd be great if we could sort Daniel out because obviously he's coming coming back from Australia and want to get to see uh, the Charlton uh, performances as, as often as possible while he's here so if anyone's got a spare ticket for, for Luton uh, that will certainly go to a good home uh, in Daniel Wright Phil uh, tweets us he says a great win for the lads on the road yesterday and brilliant to see the strike partnership of Taylor and Grant working uh, so well I've been uh, boycotting games this season however due mainly to Boya I'm considering going back I'm still very much supporting those who choose to stay away and don't want to give Du Chatelet uh, any of uh, my money but I'm weak and missing my football hoping that the club gets sold this week but I'm not holding uh, my breath I'm certain that's you know there's plenty of boycotts I'm certain when when they you know, everyone who boycotts will be doing it will, will be finding it difficult because you know they love to come on what's Charlton. It's a very difficult decision to make, and I'm not shocked to see that, especially especially when we're doing well, that, that some people will be wavering as well because you know you miss it so much. You know, I mean, anyone who wasn't who hasn't seen the last couple of games will be we wishing they were we weren't in this situation where they're doing what they need to do to to force the club sale, have what they feel they need to do because they miss it. I'm I'm lucky. We're lucky. Well, I'm lucky that I get to go for free anyway, so it doesn't really affect Du Chatelet whether I go or not but we're lucky that in a way that we still we still go but there's plenty out there who are going to be missing it and they, they'll be missing it a lot yeah you'll have a lot of people like you say once we start winning they'll start thinking about the little buzz they get on a Saturday morning and the, you know the, a little bit of nerves before a game and then the, the feeling when we score and waking up on a Sunday with three points they're always going to miss that um, and you know they're not doing it just for no reason they're doing it because they believe that they don't want to go there until obviously something changes and you know that's that, that's down to them, but um, for me, I just want every, as many people as possible in the ground and to get behind the, you know, get behind the lads because we're looking good at the moment um, and both are doing a great job. But people will be looking at the bigger picture, mm. uh, and you know, I mean, anything that happens this season is certainly in spite of the owner because he's. I wouldn't say he's done his best to make it difficult for us, but everything he has done will make it difficult for for us, and we're lucky that the Bowyers got the nous to sign the players that he has with his small budget and and also seems to have the tactical ability so far to actually get him you know get a really good uh performances out of them pretty much uh most weeks which is uh good to see right um uh, lovely comment from ray on the Charlton live forum just posted up uh greg's picture uh from inside the valley yesterday of uh greg and terry before the commentary and he said that it's nice to see that greg and terry uh working with the care in the community project because i'm in the background there (laughs) Uh, it's very, very nice of you, Ray. Uh, thanks for that. Right, um, let's have a look uh, ahead to Wednesday evening uh, over at the Oakwood. Uh, Charlton Athletic women's team uh, facing Aston Villa in their first ever game in the newly reformed championship. It's weird. There's, I think there's 11 teams in the league. Uh, so everyone has already played one game apart from us. So we, we were the team that missed out. Uh, Villa actually lost... Uh, uh, last week against Man United, 12-0. So, interesting. Hopefully, Charlton will be able to dish out some punishment like that. But, obviously, Man United's budget is probably in the region of about 20 times higher <laughs> than Charlton's one, even though Man United is their first ever season. But, obviously, they've got uh, the, the financial clout of, of Manchester United behind them. This is a Charlton team who are funded separately from the Charlton Athletic men's team. They're funded separately from the Charlton Athletic Community Trust. They used to be involved with the Community Trust, but not anymore. They're a separate entity now. Um, so... But they still deserve our support. They're, they're part of the Charlton family. Um, 
they're a, a really good team from what we saw last season. Great spirit. They've got a good manager in Ratish Mishra, uh, who, who's got them playing really well. They've got a goal scorer in Kit Graham, who's was easily the best the best player in my opinion in in, in the Super League last season uh, at Charlton's level. She's still there. They've made some good signings this year. They brought in Gemma Bryan from Palace, who actually played for Charlton a few years ago as well. Um, and like I say, they're, they're playing their first game uh, up on Wednesday over at the Oakwood, 7.45 kickoff. Charlton live are sponsoring the game. Uh, so we're all going to be there cheering on uh, the, the girls. Uh, looking forward to it. It'd be great if as many of you can come down uh, with us as well to, to the Oakwood at VCD and, and enjoy the game as well. But uh, just earlier on the phone, literally just before the the show, uh, I think we did this, this phone call at five minutes to seven. Uh, I spoke to Grace Coombs, the vice captain of the women's team, just to find out how they're looking forward to uh, their, their first game in the championship. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. We haven't had a game for a few weeks, so we're kind of all raring to go. We don't really know too much about them. We haven't played them before at least for a couple of years so be a bit of a new experience but I think really everyone's just excited to get our league campaign going mm, obviously it's the, the first league game of the season after promotion last year so I guess you'll you'll learn a lot about yourselves on Wednesday evening yeah 100% I think we're still learning a lot about each other every training session it's kind of getting better we've got a lot of new players but every game's going to be tough this year so I think every game we'll learn from even if we win or if we lose or if it's a draw um so I think the whole season will be a big learning curve for us, but we're kind of excited to see what challenges are in front of us and what each team's going to kind of bring to us. Because mm, you've had a couple of Continental Cup games so far, so I mean, how, how are your sort of your new signings bedding in so far? Yeah, I think I think they're all doing really well. Uh, we all really get on, so it's just a case of them getting up to speed with kind of how we play, what the managers expect from us, what we kind of expect from each other and we've looked at a couple of different systems as well so it's just getting everyone used to kind of the Cholton way if that's a if we make that a thing so but I think they're, they're getting there they're like I said we're getting to know each other better every session so it's something that will just come with time and uh, with promotion up to the championship I mean have, have you set yourselves target a target for this season about how how high up the table you plan you, you know you want to finish uh, we haven't set ourselves any specific targets. Um, I think we just want to. We're just going to take each game as it comes and just see what happens. Like a lot of teams are going to they're going to be new to us, um, so we're not sure how they might be. Whereas the last couple of seasons, we've been quite confident about the teams we've been playing. We've known quite a lot about them, so we just want to do as well as we can um, and kind of try and win as many games as we can, and then see where that leaves us at the end of the season. Hmm. Right, yeah, uh, Charlton Live are sponsoring the game on Wednesday, so there's quite a few of us coming down to, to the Oakwood to watch it. But I guess overall, you, you want to get as many Charlton fans down there as, as possible on Wednesday evening, just to see, you know, that perhaps for some of them it might be their first time to see the Charlton women play as well. But as, as, as many as fans as possible down there would be brilliant. Yeah, of course it would. We'll kind of appreciate all the support we can get from, from Charlton fans, and hopefully if they'll be able to see a good game and kind of see how, how we play football, how we're trying to play football, and... Yes, many people as you can can get there. We'd all really appreciate the support. It's a new stadium for us as well, so kind of trying to make that a place that teams don't really like to come or or anything like that. Well, anything we fans can do to help us create that atmosphere would be great. So we go. That was Grace Coombs uh, from the China Athletic Women's Team uh, Wednesday evening. We're we're going to be down there at the Oakwood to watch them play Aston Villa. Uh, I mean, if you if you look at some, there's quality in the Charlton team. So Katie Startup's a goalkeeper. She plays for England under 19s. The the three top scorers 
from the division that Charlton were in last season all now play for the Addicts. So Kit Graham obviously was already there, as was Charlotte Gurren and Gemma Bryan, who they signed from Palace. It's quite funny, actually, with Palace. So basically, originally, Palace were rejected from the Championship. There was a whole restructure and everyone had to make bids. Palace got rejected. We went and nicked quite a few of their good players. And then it changed and Palace are now in the division, but we've got their best players, so ha um, but, so yeah, it'd be great if you could come down on, on Wednesday evening. We're all, I mean, we've seen them play a few times, haven't we? The the three of us, um, and looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. There's a couple of good. I like. Uh, I think Charlotte Gerr's my favourite player. I think she's good on the um, set pieces. She, yeah, good yeah. on the set pit. Good in that little hole. Obviously, Pepper's good, um, and obviously you got Kit and obviously Grace Coombs leads by example from the back. So yeah, hopefully we can. Um, Get a, get a good start. Um, it's, it's good, like Grace said, it's going to be tricky because you know they're, they're, these are it's a step above. But I think I think the girls can um, hold their own for sure. Mm, yeah. So don't forget, like I say, I mean, the women's team are separately funded to Charlton. So for starters, don't don't think oh I'm not supporting Roland, but it, it, absolutely nothing to do with Roland. So don't worry about that. Uh, you can go and enjoy. But they, they need they need our funding as well. Obviously, Charlton's budget will nowhere be anywhere near as big as some of the other teams, like say Man United. Uh, the, the likes of that so you know, the, the more people that go down there uh, the, the better you can sponsor players as well if you want to get in contact with uh, CFC Women on, on Twitter you can sponsor players or sponsor matches like we have uh, done for Wednesday uh, as well there's plenty of stuff you can do to help fund the women's team you know it's part of the Trump family and they, they deserve our support and we look forward to it we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll have some stuff from, uh, from the game uh, on Thursday's show uh, so you can let you know how they get on right uh, as we've been talking about throughout the show Charlton Currently have the, the two hottest strikers in world football, in uh, Carlin Grant and Lyle Taylor. Eight goals between them so far, linking up really nicely as well. Um, you know, uh, I think if Carlin, I think Carlin did touch the ball into Lyle yesterday mm. for his yeah. goal. So that's now four out of five goals that, that Lyle scored this season that Carlin's assisted in a way. Not necessarily a direct assist, but helped to create. So they're linking up brilliantly. So um, I wanted to know... Uh, who everyone's favourite strike partnership from years uh, gone by are? Um, so, I mean, do, before we dive into, do, do you guys have favourites from 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 back in, in, yeah. in days of yore? I mean, I, they, they didn't play together for a long, like for like four or five years. But Hunt and Donk was because the, the, I used to love Andy Hunt. Mm. Um, but then you had Barlett and JJ. Um, so yeah, but I'd I'd have to say uh, Jan and Bradley White Phillips. I would have to say because because yeah. we won the league that year, and I, I would just have to say that one yeah. for me. Tom, do you have a, a particular favourite? I think these two. Like I don't really remember Hunt and Mendonca, and then apart from then, I was trying to think. Bent was probably then the best striker, but he didn't really. He played a few games with Bartlett, didn't he? But he played a lot on his own, really. Um, and then Jan and Bradley, I, I obviously loved. Um, but these two, these two would definitely be up there. So it'd be yeah. out of those two, I think. Even Bradley and Hayes at the start of yeah. that season, they started off quite nicely. I think Paul Hayes was probably quite unlucky was, that that Yang yeah. came really, <laughs> really unlucky. Yeah. Uh, right. So um, I, I put it on to the uh, the forum earlier. So I've got a few posts from that. But Sebo, uh, his opinion is always uh, important on this one because obviously he's seen every game, so he can rate them all because he's seen them all. Yeah. Player. Uh, he's not. He's. Uh, I think he's only got nine games left yeah. to go until yeah. he's got his one thousand consecutive game, which I think is going to be here at the Valley. Uh, although we'll find out there's um, uh, yeah we'll find out there's still potential for games to be called off for international call-ups like Warsaw's are possible 
so it might be worth holding off booking travel to Warsaw if you're not certain yet because uh, we think that that'll be may well be called off but anyway Serbo said the Clive Mendonca and Mark Bright uh, striking yeah. partnership in the second half of the 97-98 season and in the run up to the 98 playoff final was a pretty special partnership if Clive didn't score then Brighty always seemed to Steve Jones also did well with Super Clive um, I mean yeah imagine if you anyone playing with Clive is going to look good to be fair because uh, he, he was so good for us uh, right, so we had an email on the same subject from Mark Wilson as well. He said, It's often said that first, uh, the first pop music you love stays with you for the rest of your life. This is uh, the same is true of footballers. So for me, there will never be a better strike partnership than the first great strikers I saw uh, battering opponents' goals. And that was Michael Flanagan and uh, Derek David Hales. <laughs> uh, if you were a Charlton fan in the 70s, you'll know why these were simply the very best. Flanagan's exceptional skills and vision complemented Hales' no-nonsense head-for-goal, blistering pace and devastating finishing. And if you weren't a Charlton fan, you would have at least heard of them as their partnership reached a percussive crescendo in an infamous on-field punch-up that ended up with both players seeing red leaving Charlton to cling on to a draw in the FA Cup against Maidstone United. I think everyone knows that story. Uh, I remember years ago, um, yeah, no, two or three years ago, there was the um, the Upbeats walk and Killer Hales and, and Flash Flanagan were both on it. And um, I was asked after if I could go and grab some more, an interview with them. So I went up into Crossbars where they were having their, their lunch after the walk and I went up to Keith Peacock and said, do you mind grabbing uh, so-and-so for an interview? And I just said, and just before I said, just said to Keith, is it all right to ask him about the fight? And he went, no, no. <laughs> so I was like, so this is like 40 years later and they still won't talk about it apparently. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, uh, Mark's email continues, uh, I get that some player, some earlier players were good as well, Le- uh, Leary, Summers, Fermani and others uh, wowed the Valley crowds in the 50s. Gordon Hurst won the FA Cup at Wembley uh, before Jeff, Herf, uh, Jeff Hurst won uh, something else there 19 years later. Uh, Robert Lee, uh, Jim Melrose, Andy Hunt, Clive Mendonca, Darren Bent, Bradley Wright, Phillips, Jan Kermigan and others can all make claims to have been great strikers in their time. But if you want to measure a striker, you start by, uh, by counting the number of goals they scored. Uh, and when they both have uh, have scored more than 100 for the club, you know you've got a great pairing. So for me, seeing Flash and Killer wearing the 8 and 9 shirts as they ran out onto the pitch was everything about supporting Cholton. Uh, we'd leak goals, but these two would usually make sure we'd score more. Football has changed in the last 40 years, and these uh, these two played for Cholton. Uh, since these two played for Charlton, sorry. So some people might think they wouldn't be able to cope with the modern game. That's rubbish as far as I'm concerned. They'd easily score 20 goals a season each in the current team. Why only 20? Well, they're both getting on a bit now. <laughs> Brilliant there from Mark. I mean, that, that would be interesting. an interesting conversation about whether your old-fashioned goal scorer would still do a job these days. I mean, why not? Mm. The goal is where the goal's always been. Sometimes fin- finishing is not a lost art. You still need someone who can finish finish the ball. And Lyle Taylor and Carlin Grant are doing that for that uh, that for us now. But throughout the years, you know, Harry Kane, you'd argue, is an old fashioned finisher. You need him. You still need him. Yeah, exactly. And you, you could have an argument to say that they might the likes of Flash and uh, Hales might even score more than they did because I think the game's become a lot more technical. Um, I mean, it's not as. I mean, obviously, you used to be able to tackle people back in the day, whereas you can't now. Uh, but I think they they probably would score a lot more. Obviously, not at the age of sixty or whatever, however they old they are now. But I think they'll probably score a lot more with the service they'll get. Mm. Uh, right, last so I put it up onto the uh, the forum earlier, asking for what what people, what, you know, who else people considered uh, a, a good a good strike partnership. I mean, we we probably covered the majority of them already, but. <laughs> 
What are you laughing at? A couple of classics in there. Someone said Mackenzie and Sodji. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so I mean, like, so quite a few people have agreed with with Mark there about Hales and Flanagan. Uh, Joe Reed said Yan and Wright Phillips. Uh, Henry, uh, well, Ben Hayes said Tabman and Welsh. So, I think Someone going, t- who did I am Dan say? Who did he say? Uh, I am Dan said Leon McKenzie at Post Sodji oh, yeah. 2009. Oh, I mean, I mean, Paul, Paulie said Church and Sordell. Oh, I mean, I mean. <laughs> I'd argue maybe not Sordell. Maybe no, not right. Sordell. I mean, Simon Church is obviously right up there did, with... Did Svensson uh, and Pringle ever play together? Or am I a two... Uh, they far? No, so Pringle, Pringle was Pring, early, Pringle wasn't he? Pringle was early, yeah. I think Svensson, yeah. I think Svensson came in slightly... Yeah, uh, yeah he would, he would, Svensson... Pringle was pretty much the first yeah, season... Yeah, that was when we finished in the Premier. Yeah, he had that horrible broken leg, didn't yeah. he? Uh, Valley, Valley 11 saying Lee Byrne and Nelson. I mean, Lee Byrne... Yeah. Um, I think someone else said that when... Uh, Lee Byrne played with Mendonca, possibly. Or Lee Byrne and White, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah. So, I mean, the, 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 yeah, um, yeah. People are saying I understand that Mendonca's favourite strike partner was Lee Byrne. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just at the very start of Mendonca's Charlton career and the end of Lee Byrne's, they, they they may well have played together. And uh, Len Glover said that Paul Williams said. Uh, Likewise about Cole Lieburn as well. Now he was a striker; he wasn't prolific. But mm. you know, sometimes I mean, we're talking about prolific strike partnerships at the moment. But sometimes you know, someone who does the dirty work for another one. I loved Dion Burton when he was here because I thought he mm. did a lot of that as well in League One for for, for other players coming in and around him. Uh, that's the sort of uh, player. Another one from Blackpool uh, seventy two was Tease and Tracy. Uh, so plenty of uh, classic names here. Uh, that perhaps were slightly before our time, but good to see that these you know these strike partnerships they they, they remain a long time in your memory uh, when, when they hit it off nicely. Ralph Milne saying uh, Hales and Horsfield uh, as well. So if you've got any others that you want to get in, uh, you can like I say just in the last ten minutes of the show, um, uh, tweet us at Charlton Live. Have your say on that. Right, let's you know in this last ten minutes we we're talking about. I said we might have this this conversation. At the end of the show, and it is possibly now time to start to think about how the league table shaping up. You know, we're a point outside the playoffs now. We've had that mm. handicap at the start of the season, and the fact that we didn't really have a squad, but now we're starting to look at the squad we've got. I mean, trying to compare it, Sunderland got beat yesterday at Burton. Um, you know, Peterborough obviously had a good start to the season. Who are you looking at in League One and thinking, hmm, they're, they're going to be up there, and how do we compare to them? Yeah, I think the, the, the season starts to take shape after about 12 games, which we're probably around about that now, aren't we? Or maybe a couple away. Seven, I think. Oh, uh, right, okay, yeah. So maybe, <laughs> we're miles off it. <laughs> so maybe like, what, mid, mid-October? Because I think it's still too early to say anything, but even before a ball was kicked, Peterborough were the ones who signed all the mm. players. I mean, if you've got a, a duo of Godden and Cummins, you're going to be up there, you know. So, But obviously they're not as good as, obviously, Grant and Taylor. But um, yeah, I think to, I, I still think Sunderland will go up automatically, um, and I'm not sure if Peterborough will maybe slip away and get playoffs. But they'll be there or thereabouts. But then again, I thought Barnsley were going to run away, but mm. they lost yesterday. So well, Pompey is quietly going about mm. their business. They're, they're at the top of the moment. Got a win at, at um, Peterborough yesterday. Um, I mean, they were just outside the playoffs towards the end of last season they got a good manager Kenny Jacket I mean you're thinking that they could well be a team that's going to be up there I think so I'm just looking I think that top four are going to be there or thereabouts so Portsmouth Peterborough Barnsley and Sunderland Barnsley and Sunderland at this level obviously big teams like Nath said Peterborough spent the money and it seems to be working despite the manager um, Portsmouth a good side um, but we showed last season even with the atmosphere and everything that they've got down there that we can match them I think the likes of Doncaster and Warsaw, I think, I expect will fall away. Fleetwood, Blackpool, Accrington. I mean, Fleetwood and Accrington we've played against. Okay, we only got draws, but I think we could have beaten both of them on another day. 
and then you start to move down into the bottom half of the table I'd be surprised if anyone from down there is making a run um, so yeah I, that's why I think playoffs is, is more than doable it's just whether we can be better than three of those four probably um, and sneak into those top two places but I, I, I do think it's possible um, it's still very early days like, like you've both said but it's just about taking it a game at a time at the moment and trying to not focus too much on that table because obviously last season there was three teams that were sort of running away, away with the league now one of them was Shrewsbury obviously beat us in the playoffs but then didn't get promoted and they've started horribly uh, so far this season I think they got a win yesterday but it's, it, they're not the same team we're not thinking about them this season um, Wigan and Blackburn went up and they were two very good sides and now um, Richard Justin says that he thinks that the Sunderland will be better than Wigan this season He that's what he thinks uh, and he thinks that Peterborough and Portsmouth are both better than they were last season but other than that overall it's a weaker league because you're not I'm not seeing anyone in that division that I think is going to run away with it because if you think about let's like, say Portsmouth we'll see Peterborough, we've seen play so far this season. They weren't great against us, but they are. They they will know how to get results, especially under Steve Evans. They'll know how to get results and make yeah. it difficult. And they have got some quality in there. But I'm not seeing anyone that's going to properly run away of it. Barnsley, I haven't seen them play yet, and they but they did struggle quite a fair bit in the Championship last season. They don't seem to have had that hangover. But I mean, even even Sunderland, they've got a soft underbelly, perhaps. I mean, we played them off the park for a, a good first half. The thing is, when you look at last season as well, okay, Wigan did run away with it. And I remember Wigan came here on a Tuesday night, didn't they? And we said they were by far and away the best team we played. But Blackburn came down here. All right, they were already up. But we played them, beat them off the park. Plymouth came here when they were good. I mean, I know we lost there at the start of the season when they were in a bad run of form. But they came here good. We beat them. Portsmouth away, we beat them. Shrewsbury in the league, we beat them. And uh, Blackburn, even away around Christmas, we were we were unlucky to lose. Um so I don't think we've really struggled against the big teams last season either. It was the the silly little defeats that we were getting when we threw away. Was it Oxford we threw away when we were mm-hmm. here? Two goals right at the end and and silly games like that. And this season we've come up against the teams that are struggling, like uh, like Bradford this weekend, and we've put that team away. And and that's the sort of thing that we just weren't doing last year. Now as I say, it's still very early days, and we've got a lot of games still to go. But if we can sort out those games and with those clinical finishes that we've now got, we can get those goals, then uh, then that will be the difference for, for me because I don't think we've ever really struggled against the bigger teams in terms of turning up and performing. It's just about getting those results against the other teams. Longevity of how we're doing at the moment is obviously going to be important because you know we've talked about you know We worried in particular at the start of the season about the size of the squad. It's still a small squad, you know. We're looking at like one of you mentioned eighteen, nineteen high quality players, which is good, you know. I mean, Bayer certainly said he was going to wait for the quality. He wasn't just going to squad fill, and and that's what he's done. But it only takes a couple of injuries, and we're back to square one. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's why we've we've also said that you've got to manage the young ones as well. So your Carlins, your Albies, your your Lapsleys, is that although they're not going to play every week and they can have, make little cameos that we don't push them too much because they will need to play a part this year for sure there will be games whether that will be in the FA Cup or if it will be at Quinton at home or something it doesn't matter everyone will need to play a part and you know Lyle's going to need a need a breather at some point I would imagine and that's why we need to keep Igor um, Igor Igor fit um, so yeah everyone's going to have to chip in and we just need to manage people better than we did last year especially because we obviously with Fossil last year we had to rush him back and it turned out to be the wrong thing to do yeah hopefully uh, when he comes back uh, after this current injury he'll be, he'll be in uh, 
it'll be fully fit because that's what so, so we don't want to risk him too much and we don't need to risk him at the moment like the likes of Fossil and, that, and that's a good thing right Sebo uh, is confirming that currently Rochdale away is his 1000th game but if Walsall gets called off then it should be Doncaster uh, at home unless Walsall gets uh, rearranged for the midweek between the Rochdale and the Doncaster game uh, then it would be that rearranged game so we'll, we'll see hopefully I mean I don't know hopefully it'll be either home or away for Sebo I'm um, Always, uh, like I say, you, you can't go to a Tottenham away game and not bump into Sebo somehow. Uh, I bumped into him. I, I was glad to see his face actually yesterday when I was waiting for my my train <laughs> at Leeds uh, because if it weren't for him, the the train from Leeds was just packed for the bloody Palace fans coming back from Huddersfield. So I see. I, I was glad I wasn't the only Charlton fan uh, on that on that train. Right, we're coming towards the end of the show. Um, Kai saying hopefully it is Doncaster. I mean, when, when it is. <laughs> The 1,000th game, we'll try and get Sebo on here, of course, but I mean, hopefully the club will recognise him because that is an insane amount of games to go. That's well, since 1998, since he last missed a game. How, how is it possible to not miss a game in that time? He must have seen some sights. <laughs> not even just the football, just in terms of yeah. some, some random people up north because there are some strange places up there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, listen, I, I couldn't do it. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's an incredible achievement for Sebo and... Um, the commitment that he showed hopefully the club can do something for him um, I, don't, I don't know if they can or whatever but it's an amazing achievement a thousand games it's just, it's just mental mm. I don't know how, how he's done it he, the amount of times he must have punched a wall or something <laughs> <laughs> right that is it on uh, this evening's Charlton Live uh, it's great to be talking about a winning team uh, in particular one that scores goals like we did yesterday uh, away at Bradford two superb strikes in our 2-0 win I hope you've uh, enjoyed uh, the show this evening thank you for, for getting involved with your, your tweets and your emails uh, and your forum posts uh, for, for sending us your favourite strike partnerships uh, and for whatnot, don't forget Wednesday evening down at the Oakwood uh, VCD's ground uh, China Athletic women are making their first uh, championship uh, appearance of the season at home to Aston Villa 745 we're all going to be down there uh, so come down and join us to watch the, the, the women's team uh, then we'll be back here on Thursday evening uh, to talk about that game and obviously uh, to look ahead to next Saturday's uh, home game here with Plymouth right uh, Tom Wanning thanks for coming in cheers mate Nathan Muller good to have you cheers mate I've been Louis Mendes this has been Charlton Live thanks for listening we'll see you back here on Maritime Radio on uh, Thursday evening <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.